Scripture this morning is 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 23. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Thank you, Bill. Well, good morning. There's a famous saying that starts like this. I will huff and I will puff and I will what? Great wisdom literature. The story of the three little pigs. One pig who built his house out of straw, one out of sticks, one out of brick. And the parable, the story, is to teach us to to build with things that last. To build with things that are valuable and will stay strong. And that's what this chapter is this morning to think about what it looks like in our lives, in our building, in building things that last. God has said through the book of Isaiah that he would build a new building, a new temple. He said this, See then what the Sovereign Lord says, you scoffers in Jerusalem. I, God says, will lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, and it will be a sure foundation. And the one who trusts in it will never be dismayed. I will make justice the measuring line, righteousness the plumb line. Listen, because hail will sweep away your refuge, little pig, it's a lie 
and water will overflow your hiding place, Isaiah 28. We, the church, are meant to build on a firm foundation and to build things that last for eternity. Because, by the way, there is eternity, lest we forget sometimes in the day-in and day-out trials of life. Let me set the context. If you remember from last week, Paul is speaking to this young church in Corinth, and he's saying, listen, it's time to grow up. You truly are being a bunch of babies. You're acting like babies. You're, you're just going to milk. All, all of your sustenance is milk, which that's good for just a little bit, but you never grow up if you're just on milk. It's time to grow up. And what I'm seeing in the church body is that you're infants. And what I'm seeing is that you're, you're killing each other. There's all this quarreling going on in your midst. There's all this jealousy. The reality is you aren't loving each other at all in, in the love of Christ, which you have the power to love because of what Christ has done for you and because he lives in you. It's time to grow up, so knock it off. And so he rebukes the Corinthian church. And then he says, listen, it's not about me, Paul says. It's not about Apollos. You guys are looking for, for people, for flesh to hold on to, to say, ah, we have importance and we have value, and then there's all this judgment coming on. Paul says, I'm a simple servant in the Lord. We're obedient to Christ, and we're doing His will. And then he reminds them of who they are. He says, you are a field. You are the land. And like God has promised in his scriptures, he will water the land. Here's the truth as followers of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work, he's going to continue it in us. He's going to keep growing us up. He's watering the land. And, and God is the only one who's doing the work. Some of us, some of us plant seeds, some of us water. God's the one who provides the abundance. He's the one who produces growth. But grow up. Because God has so much more in store for you. You've just been stuck in your diaper as a baby, and there's more to life. And then he switches from agriculture to architecture. And he says, you are God's building. You are a building of the Lord. And he's, and he's showing us as he switches that calling us together and how we should live together is God's building. Listen very carefully, because I don't want you to miss this, because it's a tendency for us to go to this place of individualism as we read the Scriptures. We think as God speaks all the time, well, that's specifically just for me and my own, my own spiritual growth. And I need you to hear very clearly, chapter 3 in particular, it's all about us. It's all about God teaching us to live together in community. It's about God growing us up, the land, the building. It's about what it means to actually love one another and to deal with, with sin in our midst and how to forgive each other 
how to rely on the power of Christ. It's about us. It's about the us glorifying God together in the way that we are the body of Christ. And so really what he's saying to us as selfish people is get over yourself. It's not all about you. The work of the kingdom is not just about the individual work that God is doing in your life. It's much, much bigger than that. And we lose sight of that, again, because we're selfish people. We are so focused on everything about me. How do I look today? What am I going to eat for breakfast? You know, what do I need to do for work today? It's all about us. Not God's kingdom. It's about us as the body of Christ and reflecting his glory as we love each other in his strength. And so he's drawing us to that this morning in chapter 3. We are God's building. We're not just some building, some random building. You know, Trump thinks he has this great tower in New York. God's building trumps the Trump. It's more beautiful and glorious than anything man could even think of. And so he says, by grace, verse 10, by grace that God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, as someone else is building upon that. By God's grace, and that's the recognition again of Paul, and it should be for all of us, it's only by God's grace and all that he's done in my life that I offer anything of spiritual value. You know, Paul knows, hey, I was out killing Christians. God got a hold of my life, changed me, transformed me. I fell in love with Jesus. And now God is using my life to lay a foundation upon him so that we might have the life that he intends for us, not only individually, us as a body of Christ. It's by grace. I laid that foundation according to God's direction, basically, as an expert master builder. And actually the word there is wise master builder, and I don't think that's an accident. Because you remember in Corinth, every, everybody was about knowledge and wisdom, the sophists, and, and we've got to connect with all these great leaders who are so wise. I think Paul uses wise master builder with the idea of, of hey, I, I build in the wisdom of God which is so backwards from your thinking, but is the right way and is the way of truth in life. I build in God's wisdom. And I build and I take time and I listen to the Lord and I'm very careful about how I build. I have a good friend, George Blakeman, who uh, he built something for me. He built, he built this awesome otter out of, out of uh, precious wood, different woods, and, and, and all the different pieces that he took time, he put together, he's got canary walnut and beech and all kinds of, of beautiful woods that are in this. And if you want later, I'll have it up here, but it, it's just intricate carving of, of just to make the fur and each little piece glued and placed together and cut out. This took a lot of, a lot of time. The reason, the reason he made this for me is because we, um, we went to a Gary Smalley conference together, and if you've ever done that, he kind of lays out your character. And so 
He says, some of you are, some of you are golden retrievers, you're loyal. Uh, some of you are, are beavers, you go after the task. And, and very, some of you are lions, you take charge. And then some of you are otters, uh, you're kind of playful and, and you're spontaneous and, and you like to enjoy life and you like to be with others. And, and, I, and, and I, I like to eat, eat food on my belly, you know. So <clears throat> he, he made this for me. George, George is a master craftsman at these things. And if you go to his garage, his wood shop, it's unbelievable what he makes. It takes time. Very careful in how he's building. Using, using the best woods so that it's beautiful. Paul says, I am the wise master builder. God has called me into that task to lay a foundation upon a foundation that's already there, which is Christ. I just follow what he's set up for me, direction, and how to build. And I bring to you truth. And I bring to you the foundation of doctrine, the word of God. I, I bring to you instruction from the Lord. Basically saying, I taught you everything that, that is of the Lord so that you could have life. I taught you about the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for our sin, and that as we believe upon him, because he rose again from the dead, as we believe upon him, we should have life eternally with God. I taught you those things, and you received them. And as you received the truth about who Jesus was, I continued to instruct you in the ways of the Lord and what it means to actually live out your life as a follower of Jesus Christ in obedience, in obedience, we forget that sometimes, as followers of Jesus Christ, in obedience to our Savior. I taught you these things. And I took my time because the truths that I teach you are everything about life. We are called to build on this foundation. To build truths of God. To speak forth His love. And he says, I laid a foundation basically upon Christ. Someone else is building upon it. It it follows that same pattern that we saw earlier in this chapter where, hey, there's some who are going to go out and they're going to throw seed. And then there's some who will come by and and they're going to water. But everything that happens with the growth of that, that's all God. This whole building that we're building up, that God is doing, it's all God's foundation. There's nothing spiritual, powerfully spiritual that comes from us in and of ourselves. It's God's work. And so he's using that same idea and giving us the image of the building, which really is going to lead us into the image of the temple. How do we build a temple? And he is teaching us these things. Let each one of us, therefore, take care and be very careful on how we build upon this foundation. He's giving us the idea that we need to build according to the building code. But we need to be very careful in how we build. We don't rush. 
We're very thoughtful in how we build. Have you ever played Jenga? Jenga is this awesome game. It's all building blocks. The game of Jenga, if you've never played, is a game that takes a lot of patience. And it's a game where you're saying, I need to build and move and structure things that as I build upon the foundation, that I'm very careful how I do it and what I'm building with. I don't rush. I don't just dive into things. I am not thoughtless. Remember, you have to kind of check each block to see what can I use. And you build slowly, patiently, with much care on the foundation that is there so that it will stand firm. He says we're to build very carefully on this foundation of Christ. It's not only how you build, it's what you choose to build with, like those precious woods that George made and put in. And he's going to go even further. That you build with precious metals, things that are valuable. Look at verse 11. Why do we build with things that are valuable? Why are we, why are we so careful to, to build upon this foundation? Why is Paul warning us, really? Why is he warning us about how we build? Verse 11. Because no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. There's no other source of life. There is no other foundation of life. There is nothing more valuable and beautiful and precious to our lives than Christ. He gives us life. We owe Him everything. And you're going to come before the King of Kings with straw? That's what our lives are? Paul calls us to remember the holiness of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That our lives offer a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. Be careful, then, how you build upon this foundation. You have to know that Paul was thinking of amazing buildings that was going on in the land and I think specifically in Jerusalem. When you go to Jerusalem today, you can go underneath the Western Wall, which enters into that area where you get very close to the Holy of Holies. And so you can go under the Western Wall in the Temple Mount area, and you go under the wall, and there you will find the most amazing stone that you've ever seen. And one of the largest pieces of stone cut from one piece is there 
Largest piece in the whole world, one of the largest. This incredible foundation, and it's on a foundation. It was Herod's temple. Let me tell you the measurements of it. It was 42 feet long. It's 11 feet high. It's 14 feet thick to build Herod's temple. That's just one of them. That's the biggest one. You know Paul was thinking about those things. At the place of the Holy of Holies, there is a foundation. And we enter in and we use our lives and we build upon this foundation that is firm and strong. But I think there's more. I think Paul is thinking of more about who God is, who Christ is as our foundation. In the Mishnah, which is the oral teachings of Jewish tradition, including the Torah, but about the heritage of the Jewish people and about all that was brought forth and about them worshiping God. In the Mishnah, there is, there is a story about what took place as the Jewish leaders want to clear off the rubble in the Holy of Holies, they went up onto the Temple Mount and they're getting ready to begin the second temple. And they're clearing off all the rubble from the previous destruction. And as they, as they come into the Holy of Holies, as they get rid of the rubble, there is a stone that remains there. A stone that is above every other stone there. And here's what the Mishnah says of this. After the ark was taken away, a stone remained there from the time of the early prophets. And it was called the Shatiah stone. And it was higher on the ground by three finger breaths. And it was put on this stone, the fire pan. Now here's something that's really interesting. This Shatiah stone that remained that was there. Shataya means foundation. It means foundation. So here's the picture. The high priest on the Day of Atonement, the day when we go in to make sacrifice and offering for all the people of Israel, he would go into the most holy of holies and he would have a fire pan, charcoal, and incense. And he would come directly into the center of the Holy of Holies and lay that incense, that offering, on the foundation stone, Shatiah. I think Paul is also getting at this. Why are we so careful in how we build? Why do we lay on the foundation that's already laid there? Because as we build on this temple, on this foundation, we build that which is coming into holiness. We build and we build that is life in God. It's the center of everything. Don't you realize that your lives 
are no longer your own. You're bought with a price. Don't you realize the God whom you serve and that your lives are to be this pleasing sacrifice to Him? That everything is, I come into the center of the Holy of Holies and, and here I surrender my life and I use my life unto God. And I use what is precious and what is good and I'm very careful about it because I'm not just standing in front of some guy off the street. We serve a holy God. And so he says, we lay on that foundation, that holiness. Be very careful. And what he's saying is, this church, this body of mine, this bride, is extremely valuable to me. You are the building of God. And he's going to say in just a second here, you are the temple. It's a profound teaching about who we are in our lives of sacrifice unto the Lord. What are we building with? All of us. We all have to take a look in the mirror and go, what am I building with? What am I offering to God with my life that builds His church, that reflects His glory? What am I building with? Am I careful? What's the next stone that I will use. You see, God has given us every resource in Him to build with. And yet, some of us use straw to build His kingdom. He's given us everything. Every gift that we need in the body of Christ to build upon that foundation. The Corinthians understood that. They understood the value of building. It was very well known, the value of Corinthian bronze. And it was built for special buildings all around it dated all the way back to the 4th century B.C. And Josephus, the great historian, records about Corinthian brass. He said, in Herod's temple there was these nine gates and they were covered with silver and with gold and they were amazing. But there was one gate that was on the eastern side and it was covered with Corinthian brass. And it was far more beautiful than all the other gates. The precision and the detail of the creating of that gate in Herod's temple with that Corinthian brass was held in higher esteem than the other gates. Some even wonder if the Corinthian gates were the, the beautiful gate because they were that amazing. As Paul speaks to the Corinthians and as he speaks to us, they understood the value of building, that you use precious things. They were beautiful, they were valuable, it was material that you took time with. And that's why verse 12 says, If any man builds on this foundation using gold and silver and costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. And it will be revealed with fire. 
and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. What we use to build is important. And so what does that look like practically? And what's Paul really kind of getting at? If we are the building and we are called to lay upon the foundation, to build upon the foundation, what does that look like for us? I think the things that are gold and and silver, the precious stones, I think that that is a surrender unto God, a service unto God of loving others that humbly comes to God and says, God, I want to be used of you. Show me who I need to love today. You have prepared in advance for me good works to walk into. And so, Father, here I am. And I go in your strength. I go in your power. I go with nothing from myself, all you, to love. To love your beautiful creation, your body of Christ. To love a broken community. And when that's tested by fire, that act of service, and absolute humility, I think it stands the fire. When we serve in a way that promotes me, make sure everybody knows that Rod Ritchie helped the old lady cross the street because I want to be glorified. That's a bunch of straw. We're building the kingdom of God. We are to reflect His glory through our lives and our lives together as a body of Christ to reflect all that He is. What are you building with? Each of us has to ask that question. And you and I both know we build with straw way too much. We definitely want recognition when we're serving hard. And it's, it's just a lousy deal. It's like, I hope somebody notices all that I'm doing. It's just this, it's this complaining attitude, it's this hard attitude, and that's what's refined by the fire. You see, the Corinthians again understood the fire. In 146 B.C., when they resisted the Romans, the Romans burned down the whole city. That's part of their culture, their heritage. And you know what? Some people made it out of the city when it was on fire, barely. And what happened when they came back later they found a lot of their creation in the brass and the precious metals and the stone, they survived that incredible fire by the Romans. Everything that was built with brick and straw, it was just gone. But they survived, barely, some of the builders of these beautiful crafts. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, if you build, if you build with, with wood and, and straw, things that, that have no, no eternal significance, they won't test, they won't last through the fire. Yeah, you know what? It's not a loss of salvation section. Sometimes we look at this and we go, did I lose my salvation? What if, you know, I built yesterday with straw. I was just selfish. Is that a lot? No. But I think what he's saying is, it, it, it just has no worth. It has no worth in eternity. By the way, did I mention there's eternity? 
Everything about Paul's life was, I'm running this race for eternity. I know there's more. I know, I know we're just passing through. We got what? 80 years? And then that's it. And then we got eternity, which, by the way, is a long time. They barely made it through the fire, and so it is with things that are worthless, with eternal value, that don't have eternal value. Now, here's something you can't miss. He says the testing of the fire, you know, when we think of that, and whenever we think of fire, we're like, oh man, God is huffing and he's puffing. And he's about to blow our house down. But that's not it. Why is there the testing of fire? That's what the scripture says. Because I want to reward you. I want to reward you. Isn't that crazy? And so what God is saying is, I want you to use your lives. I've given you everything so that you can have spiritual life and unity in the body of Christ and life. And I I have purpose for your life as a temple, as a building of God. I have purpose for you. Use your lives to build my kingdom through my strength because when it comes to eternity, I want to reward you. And you know what? We don't know exactly what that looks like. There's a lot of scriptures that say you get crowns of righteousness and things of that nature. I mean, what do we have, a, a shelf full of crowns, you know, and have I don't know. But I do know this. It's, it's life in Christ. It's righteous living in the presence of our holy God. He rewards us for the life that we lived here. I don't know if it's, if it's responsibility in the kingdom. Again, it's not like we're going to be sitting on a celestial cloud and just like, oh, this is nice, we have a harp and all that stuff. All these relationships that we have now, guess what? They continue in eternity. I think there's going to be a kingdom. And there's actually going to be jobs that we do, like joyfully. We serve God. And maybe reward is responsibility in the kingdom and authority. I don't know. I don't think anybody really does. I do know this, though. God says, I will reward you. So I hold on to that. And he's saying, what you do here is valuable to him. And it's valuable to his kingdom. It's important. Let us build on things that last forever. Let's not have an offering like Cain's offering that was like, here God, here's my second best. Because on that day, on that day of judgment, God will test all that is going on. He'll test our heart attitude, the way we lived in this community, the way we love the body of Christ, the way we used our gifts. And so let us build with the things that with eternal worth. Hearts that actually serve just out of joy because I love the Lord. I love you, Father. Everything you've done for me, I want to serve you with my life. And I do it with joy. That we build up the body of Christ, building unity growing in Him. And as He continues with this building theme, verse 16, which is really the key. Don't you know, Corinthians? Because obviously they didn't. And I think sometimes, again, we as a church, we just don't get it. The us part. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple 
and that God's Spirit lives where? In you. Plural, plural, plural. It's true of us individually, but he's speaking to the church. Don't you know who you are? You're God's temple. God's Spirit dwells in our midst. This is holy ground. Your life is to come into the presence of the holy. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. Context is, is that people were coming in, and there was division in the church, and they were stirring that up, and God's saying, hey, don't mess with my bride. You are God's temple, dear people. And that was a radical statement. You've got to understand, there was still sacrifice going on in Jerusalem at this time. There were still offerings going on. You are God's temple. That's heresy, Paul. You don't say that about us. Jerusalem, God's holy temple, that's holy. And Paul throws out through the power of Christ because God wanted to remind us, no, you are the temple. It's not a building. You know, we have a lot of our our dear Mormon friends who are inviting us right now to come see the new temple, the building. And there's a real reverence for the building and all that God is doing there in the building and the building is the place. And I understand some of that. But there's so much attention on the building, just like there was at the temple in Jerusalem. And God said, ah, it's not about the building. You are the building. You are that holy place. Do you understand? What is the temple? The temple is the place where God dwells. Everyone who understood that this is the presence of God, when we come into the temple, there is the Holy of Holies. We come to encounter God. It is the place where sins are forgiven. It is the place where the body is built up. It is the place that we come to encounter our Lord. His presence is there. And what's the radical new teaching? We, all of us, the church body, we are the temple. Our lives are to be used in such a way that as we love each other, as we serve one another, as we love the the lost and the broken, that all of a sudden people go, this is where God dwells. This is the Spirit of God. He alone is glorified. Because we, dear church family, are the temple together. There are those who are trying to mess with my bride. And they're trying to destroy the temple. If you try to destroy my bride, I will destroy you, God says. You go, wait a second, God, that's awfully harsh. It's because we don't remember and reflect and understand what holiness is. If you're one who comes into this church family and you're doing nothing but stir and division, you become basically an enemy of God. That's not Rod's deal. That's God's deal. And you will face God for that. I will face God for that if I try to divide. 
this beautiful bride that he is drawing together. Cannot forget the holiness of our Lord. We are the temple of God. All glory is to him. And we now, together as a body of Christ, shall glorify our God. Let's pray. Father, we humbly come before you as your body of Christ, and we, we thank you, Father, that you have created a new temple. It's us, that your spirit resides here in us. And so, Father, we acknowledge you as the foundation, and we want to build upon that. We want our lives to have value and meaning and significance, and we want to build with things that are precious eternally to you. Father, forgive us. Forgive us when we build with straw. Empower us that we might build with precious stone. We love you, Lord Jesus. May you be glorified in our lives. Amen. I think it's a beautiful morning for us to to have communion together. There was a foundation that was laid It was a foundation that started with the death of our Savior, Jesus Christ. To wash, to cleanse, to forgive our sin. And that foundation became strong in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And so we take communion in reflecting about the foundation that we have because of our Savior. So we'll do that tonight. First Peter 2, and coming to him as to a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. And you also, the body of Christ, as living stones, you are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The living stone was rejected. And because he was, we have life. Christ's body broken for you. Jesus said that this is the cup of the new covenant. He said that we're the temple, the new temple that lives in the power of Christ. New covenant living is living in the power of Christ. And so we drink this cup of the new covenant. Life in Christ. May we do this in remembrance of him.